0: Three, two, one, live or... Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to VUX World. I said it yesterday and I'll say it again. Almost four years we've been doing this. Uh, it'll be, I think it's now, I found the date. I think it's about the 12th of February. Uh, so I don't even know if we've got a podcast on the 12th of February, but if we do, we'll have to have some celebratory antics uh, because it's been, uh, it's been a long time. We've witnessed a hell of a lot. We've seen and spoke to a tremendous amount of people and companies. And uh, it's been an absolute journey. And this episode will be. No different. We're going to be discussing uh, AI automation and how AI can help with process automation and help with automating things around recruitment. We're looking at healthcare, retail, a whole bunch of a uh, whole bunch of industries, and we're going to investigate the value that Scotty Technologies is providing. Uh, But before we do that, a shout out to our presenting sponsors for this episode of Vox World. It is Deepgram and Symbol AI. Uh, Deepgram is one of the market-leading speech recognition companies. Plenty of companies uh, use Deepgram for advanced speech recognition It doesn't matter whether you're building voice bots, whether you're building uh, anything like uh, meeting room transcriptions, or you want to kind of put any kind of transcription in any of your products or services, then do check out Deepgram. They have immense accuracy. They have the ability to retrain the models so you can build something that's specific to your industry or your service or your product. Uh, And they have extremely competitive prices. So do check out deepgram.com forward slash VUX world if you are in the market for some speech recognition. That is deepgram.com. There's a little visual there. Look forward slash, VUX world. And our second presenting sponsor is Symbol AI. Symbol AI is a conversation intelligence platform uh, that allows you to build applications capable of understanding all kinds of natural human conversations at immense scale. Essentially, it is a suite of APIs that you could use either in isolation or bundle them all together, and it makes it really easy for developers to build and deploy intelligent speech-to-text, extract contextual insights, Uh, it allows you to generate domain-specific insights and intelligence, and advanced analytics it's the the use cases and possibilities of symbol ai are almost kind of endless think about everything that happens before a bot interaction and after a bot interaction any kind of data that you want to extract from the model, uh, from your conversations Even things like you can identify how long people are pausing for. You can identify uh, things like it's been using outbound phone calls. So automated outbound phone calls are made. And Symbol AI is listening for when someone picks up. When a real human picks up, it'll hand it to an agent. When a a voicemail picks up, it'll tell the system to skip to the next call. You can do all kinds of advanced stuff with it. So check it out. It's Symbol.ai. That's S-Y-M-B-L. S-Y-M-B-L dot dot A-I. Shout out to Symbol and Deep Now, on with the show. Today, we are speaking to the two founders of Scotty Technologies, Roland Hallebig and Rainer Burns. Uh, And we're going to be talking about the technology, about Scotty, what it does, how it works, the industries it operates in, the kind of value that it brings, uh, and some of the observations and trends that these guys are seeing in the marketplace and in the industry. So without further ado, Rainer and Roland, Welcome to VUX World.
1: Hey, nice for nice having us. Thank you for inviting. Us.
0: No problem. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Uh, so, yeah, I appreciate you joining us. Uh, I'm really excited to get into this because uh, I think that the industries that you're operating in, I mentioned three of them. I'm sure there's, there's either more in the process or, or more that you're already working within. But there's industries that are, I would say face challenges as far as recruitment is concerned, challenges as far as staffing is concerned, challenges as far as demand from customers is concerned, and industries that are Ripe for AI innovation, and um, I'm dying to get into some of the use cases and some of the solutions that you have uh, in the marketplace and how it all works and hangs together. But first, it'll be it'll be nice to to do some introductions. Maybe we can start with you, Roland, and then we'll go to you, Rainer. Uh, introduce yourselves to the Vux World audience. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, and maybe we can do an intro into Scotty Technologies as well.
1: All right, good. Well, good evening and hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Roland Halabick. I am uh, uh, one of the two founders, Reiner, obviously the other one, of Scully Technologies. Um, uh, Reiner and me have a history in uh, the world of uh, conversation AI. We met, uh, uh, I think, eight years ago in the world of AI, where we were working uh, for a company called uh, IPsoft. We worked with Amelia uh, quite, a, quite a bit. Uh, we traveled the planet uh, in some, uh, with some different, com- different uh, companies we worked for, uh, all in the field of uh, conversation AI. And uh, uh, we founded Scotty Technologies uh, uh, January uh, 2019, so... Uh,
0: birthday. Scotty's birthday. <laughs> wow. Uh, nice. uh, so, we,
1: nice. so we hit the three years uh, mark, which is great. Um, we've been growing the company. Um, we have a branch in the uh, Netherlands, Portugal, and in Germany. Um, cool. Uh, I am the one uh, taking care of uh, customer contacts, uh, strategy, marketing, and uh, Rainer does all the other uh, important
0: stuff. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Rainer, Rainer. tell us a bit about yourself, then.
2: Yeah, my name is Rainer. Um, I'm uh, yeah one of the founders, as she already said. Uh, I keep myself busy with uh, Scotty, the the architectural Scotty, the uh, let's say the what Scotty can do and what, what uh, Scotty should do. Um, so call it CTO, but as head of product, comes from uh, all the stuff Roland and I have seen together uh, and yeah, well, while traveling the world for for, a brand, for brands and system integrators alike, to uh, to basically put together a uh, yeah, conversational AI, intelligent automation engagement platform that uh, does everything Scotty does now and will do in the future. So, yeah.
0: Interesting. We'll get, in, we'll get into some of those things, um, definitely. Interesting that you're both at, at uh, IPsoft and Amelia, I'll mention. So, so, so Scotty Technology started in 2019. The first episode of this podcast went out, I think it was February the 12th, so in, in 2018, so it's like um, a month later, but a year before. Yeah. However, one of the first guests on the podcast probably was a colleague of yours. Uh, uh, what was he called? Jeff Smith, Jr., Hmm. Did you work with Jeff Smith Jr.?
1: I uh, don't recall. No. No, 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 but he U- no, so. was, was from the US.
0: No, he was from um, the he was from the US. Jeff Smith Jr. I'm sure it was Amelia because the, one of the first episodes we did was called um, it was called something like "What is Conversational AI," and huh. uh, Jeff worked on uh on this yeah anyway i won't go into the detail because it'll take me forever to go and find him and stuff like that but yeah um uh, he he was at amelia at some point anyway but yeah, interesting yeah. you both worked there so so tell us a bit about that journey then we'll get into scotty and stuff like that in a minute in a moment but you've both obviously got some deep experience on the, the conversational ai front what was it like industry-wise adoption-wise technology-wise uh kind of when you started at amelia roland maybe we'll, maybe we'll start with you
1: <laughs> thank you <laughs> really, Ryan is really happy with that I think
0: uh, <laughs> it's, Ryan's, it's Ryans turn next
1: <laughs> all right uh, good so um, well at the time uh, uh, the positioning of the product was uh, amazing because uh, in the field of uh, there were there were a couple of uh, of uh, major players uh, at the time Um so for the chatbot uh, functionality that it was offering, it was uh, uh, definitely one of the better ones uh, out there. Uh, ideas were great. Great sponsorship. Uh, visionary. Chat, uh, Chaton is uh, being the founder of the of the of the company was a great visionary on, uh, on where it was going. Um, uh, so we saw a lot of interest uh, in the market. Of course, the whole Amelia Spiel, the, the avatar and all that were, was, uh, ha- was great for positioning and uh, uh, got uh, great attention. Um, again, so um, we learned a lot, We saw lots. Uh, it also inspired us a lot on uh, how to do things differently. Um, so we saw... Uh, the typical engagement model there was a typical engagement model that was typical for the software industry, uh, consulting industry. That was, uh, that was uh, very much uh, the engagement model they, they had. Uh, again, uh, at the time, great product. Uh, but uh, like I said, it was also our inspiration of uh, how we thought uh, we could, we saw opportunity uh, during mm-hmm. while working there.
0: Interesting. One of the first, still, I suppose, one of the only, I suppose, companies that um, really leans heavily into the whole avatar sort of concept, you know, and and I think they've even now rebranded from IPsoft to Amelia, which is how how much they've really invested in that avatar. What was it like then, Rainer, from the point of view of, you know, working with that technology and, and how do you think things have maybe moved on since, you know, eight years ago?
2: Um, yeah, so I, I recall a situation where we were, uh, it was like a pitch sort of or an upsell where we were sitting and uh, where one of my colleagues uh, mentioned that, um, yeah, you know, it's it's chat, great. And, you know, because right now 6% of your customers are chatting and in five years it will be 90. Well, uh, <laughs> That didn't happen, <laughs> so uh there was a certain situation where uh it was great at what it did uh also coming really from the let's say i t service management background uh and then the lower you know pipes type of uh, background where you where you would handle connect services to each other but um that that was definitely beneficial also to like work with and get into. You know, let's say technology situations like where you would go and talk to IT people, where you would talk to people with IT problems. And there's also been a learning for us where we where, where we've seen conversational AI voice technology isn't really in uh, it, it's not necessarily an IT problem by itself. So that's what we took from there. And then if you look at the technology itself, well uh you, you are talking to a CTO so i'm very opinionated about technology <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah i uh, everything that uh, i would do is in scotty and uh what i would do is uh, sort of a uh, it's, uh, it's a distillation of uh, what what what, uh, what we learned so far what so, is maybe
1: different it may be interesting to maybe uh is, is It also developed our, our view on what conversation AI means and how use cases, adoption of technology, uh, how they will work. Our vision clearly is not to build an avatar. First of all, it takes tons of compute. Um, uh, but uh, our vision is more uh, that conversation AI, AI means no screens. Uh, so you can actually talk to your company. You don't need an avatar to show you any uh uh artificial um, uh, uh empathy or anything like that because that is not really what we've been seen as a differentiator or something that the there was a high demand for uh looks great great uh, but our vision is more uh, uh conversations uh without necessarily needing screens because yeah. uh, uh, it, and that is a different different angle that we take yeah okay. um, so we do not, so the UX uh, uh, um, uh, the UX angle there is, uh, and that's also what we see in our daily practice. This is not what people buy a system for. No. Uh, they buy it for very different uh, reasons as far as we're concerned. Uh, and again, uh, we stay truthful to our, our mission. It is to build a, a machine that doesn't necessarily need a screen.
2: Yeah. you. Right. So that is also the uh, like the VOX resonates very much with us uh, because we believe it's that that screens, phones, however great, they're a sort of crutch for for you know not having such an interface before. But if you want to connect with people who cannot read very well, if you want to connect with people who don't want to necessarily click through all those banners you know, voice cuts through a lot of noise and uh, people are, you know, used to work like this. I mean, this mm. works well what we're doing here. So that's also part of the philosophy we we, uh, we, we really try to embody and, and, and what we do and how we do.
0: Yeah. Interesting. So we spoke to Rana Gujral yesterday from Behavioral Signals and what he said is that, like coaches and speaking coaches or like, um, you know, professional coaches basically and and all kinds of like high end kind of like or or professional salespeople and stuff like that. They tend to try and have that first call with the the first time they ever meet someone, they try and do it on on the phone without zoom, without screens and all that kind of stuff, simply on the phone because there is you, you, once you, kind of detract or subtract rather all of the kind of like visual stimuli and all that's left is the voice. There is so much of a richer experience. You can understand people better. You can sense people's emotions better and you can really key in and concentrate on the conversation a lot more. So I wonder, I mean, I don't know if I don't know this, but I wonder whether voice on its own without the avatar, without the peripherals, I wonder whether that increases people's ability to concentrate or maybe it heightens people's experience because it's one channel. I don't know whether you've got any thoughts on, on the value of just having it on its own, as opposed to with other kind of external stimuli.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I'm sure there's uh, there's uh, there's many different opinions on, on this uh, because uh, I'm sure there's people that are really fond of avatars and all that. It looks again, it looks awesome. If we look at our daily practice and we are doing this for a couple of years now, uh, we've, we, with Scotty, we try to build a machine that's uh, where engagement is, the, is the, uh, the central focus point for us. Uh, building an awesome experience with a machine uh, and a human in the loop very often. Uh, or if not, that the machine in itself should from A to Z be able to service you in such a way that you will be using it again. Uh, so adoption of course is important. Uh, in our vision, uh, we 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 build a machine uh, uh, that where a channel doesn't matter. It should not matter what channel you use. Uh, we see, uh, we did a uh, we had a research done that uh, voice is the vast majority of the context. Of the contacts that people have with organizations and uh, and companies, uh, uh, chats that uh, related or mail related, still big volumes, but much less than uh, than uh, than a voice. And then the uh, voice has a lot of advantages here. So the synchronicity, right? So
2: you call something to get something done, and when you hang up, your expectation is to have it done. and That's very very different in an email or in a chat message. So while we support chat channels and emails, any channel, hypothetically, the main point is that channels should be used for what they're good at, right? So if somebody wants to uh, share, no, somebody wants to figure out the status of an order, a very simple case, right? It's the password reset of the voice <laughs> UX. Um, basically, um, then you need an order number, identify the user, give a status, right? And then you offer some sort of FAQ experience below or some sort of escalation or some sort of, uh, you know, change experience. I want to add something, remove something. These the cases we see a lot. But um, let's say we want to sign you up for something. We need your email address. Uh, you probably know this from, from, uh, from, from, from uh, your time as well. Uh, email addresses are incredibly hard to collect mm. Uh, mm. Uh, over a voice channel. That is uh, speech recognizers, but also creativity and just on how email addresses can look. Um, so for that, we can use an SMS or WhatsApp or a web chat, for instance, right? So if you want want to look at other channels as well other than voice, of course, they're there and they have their purpose. But uh, if you look at humans, uh, all, like most of our customers, I would say, and I think all like eighty percent minimum of the volume is voice, and then, yeah, and most of that, very, very, like most of that volume, is uh, is a voice on the phone, not on smart right. speakers, not on uh, not on any kind of IP kind of. We have we have those as well, but uh, uh, in principle, uh, it's uh, literally PSTN
1: like uh, switched phone connections. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that's also came why we uh, why we uh, when we were designing a Scotty, it had to be in and outbound. So, uh, it, 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 Scotty, uh, like Ryan said, any channel. So it it, it switches between any channel uh, back and forth uh, because there's a different mix per use case that works better. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, we didn't, but that was one of the key learnings that we had uh, that we had over the past years was you should not be. Boxed in by just one channel. So, a chatbot is maybe perfect for a solution. But if you want to build an engagement or you want to uh, truly adopt, have it uh, play a role in your uh, engagement with your clients or your patients, or uh, you need more channels in one platform and not having to go through all the stovepipes uh, over and over again, you have to be able to uh, switch between channels, you have to be able to do in and outbound, you have to switch languages. Uh, mm. and uh, uh, also and you continue over time also an important factor yeah. say it again also continue
2: over time is uh, what we find is a lot of conversations you have in the context of a, that you would have in the context of a website are gone when you refresh the window or, or, or you know close your browser or leave or, so for us uh, it is absolutely critical that you uh, that you are also able to connect journeys that are like, hey, Kane, uh, you applied for this and that job. We'd love to talk to you. We're going to call you in a moment to do an intake with you. And then we do an intake, uh, intake with you. We screen you. We check if you get what's called in the UK TPS or so, Yes, yeah. you want to handle money. And then uh, we, we enrich your profile conversationally, like basically on a phone conversation where we basically guide you <laughs> through a whole set of, of, of questions find then the right job with this profile we created and then figure out that the recruiter is not there. The recruiter is not available because it's the middle of the night. And then uh, we say, okay, Kane, sorry, we, we put your po- uh, your profile together. We know who you will be talking to uh, Monday morning. I'm going to call you again and then patch you through to the recruiter with the record on the screen of the applicant tracking uh, system of the recruiter. So it's channels, time systems that, uh, mm. that make Journeys and it's not then it's not, not a single turn by turn conversation. It's conversations over all, over all, all, all the whole breadth of the case.
0: Mm. Yeah. So it's more like service service centric, basically, isn't it? So in order for something to get done, <clears throat> it may it may require a series of conversations, like an outbound call to figure out whether someone's available to speak now. If not now, when? And I think I saw one of the, it. Might have been a video or a post or something like that, where you were talking about how, if in that situation where if an outbound call is made and the bot determines that the user is not available, you can send a text that then says, "Okay, well, what can I call you back at Friday at five or whatever it might be." And so it's kind of like it's it's more like a service-based approach, isn't it? If you look at the entire service from end to end, if somebody's trying to find a job or someone's trying to take out an insurance policy or make a claim, whatever it might be, if you look at the whole customer journey there's touch points throughout that journey that you know people have different needs at different times, different availabilities at different times. And so it sounds to me as though you're taking like a higher level end-to-end service-based approach to feeding that technology in at the right place.
2: Any, any service uh, that can be fulfilled in a conversation,
0: we do. Mm, interesting. We've got a question here from uh, Hendrik... Uh, Hendrik Feeberg uh, you're talking about any channels and stuff like that and SMS and voice and call centers and that uh, does it also does that also mean MS Teams Microsoft Teams does it, yeah. does it also work kind of internally through internal channels like that yes okay yeah. that's, also that's cool.
2: contact centers that run on team on Microsoft Teams for instance
1: yeah, 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 yeah we yeah. have cases like that any, did, any digital any digital channels? sorry yeah. uh, is covered uh, also Scott is even we, now we have cases also where we do we move online to offline. Uh, so offline. So scotty trick is a offline uh, uh, action. Uh, for mm-hmm. example, uh, uh, print a contract and have it delivered, or uh, send a bunch of uh, send some flowers to thank someone, or mm-hmm. so. that uh, the the end of the of the action is uh, is that. Yeah, and then the contract contract gets back and gets scanned, you know, then, then for instance, Hey,
2: we received your contract. Looks all good. Uh, Here's a copy. And uh, now I just need your uh, bank pass to, to start transferring your money.
0: Mm. So I suppose we should maybe take a little step back very briefly. And because it sounds like what, what, what I'd like to understand is that which part, which part of this is Scotty and which part of this is, you know, a line of business system or, or, another process or something like that. So maybe, maybe if we can just take a, a slight step back, because I'm aware that we haven't actually kind of defined like what it is basically. So maybe it would be useful if we, if we kind of just uh, just take a bit of time to explain uh, cause you can explain it better than anybody mm. uh, how, how you would describe Scotty. So the Scotty technologies is there's a Scotty assistant. Like how, how would you describe what it is?
2: Um, so, yeah. So Scotty is uh, well. Scotty's our product first of all, but Scotty is a bunch of products. Obviously it has components around conversational AI. It's components around intelligent automation. So think about smart process automation also.
0: RPA kind of
2: stuff. Yeah, exactly. That allow you to uh, basically automate business processes on that end. And then also it has a lot of, on the data and event side of things. So that means that... Um, also, the uh, the insights, it's actually called Scotty Insights, uh, that you would like to have as a business user, as a business, and what's happening in your business right now. And right now means you know we can predict, for instance, call reasons there and stuff like this. But also, we can go much deeper in the uh, if this, then that type of stuff to predict churn of people. Long story short, cool. Uh, uh, that's a whole reporting, monitoring part of, of, the, uh, of the platform. On the core of it uh, is a very high-performing, uh, let's say, messaging layer that is able to do real-time conversation on the phone at tremendous scale. We've done production tests uh, with fifteen hundred calls concurrently, which is really, really large if you look at contact centers. And that, at that point, we we basically figured out that uh, we're not the bottleneck, but the, the phone network would be. So. Um, <laughs> um, we uh, uh, Like if we, if we draw the line, we can easily do about 60,000 concurrent conversations uh, in an outbound on the phone and millions on, on, on messaging. So um, that put us on a good, really good base to basically engage with people, so the engagement part of the platform. So um, that means that we, we kind of the enabler there. Then uh, what's really, really important for us is language support. So uh, Deepgram is on our radar, and and Mm. they are on our radar. Um, So um, we are, we feel like a European company. We are a European company. So for us, it was always absolutely mission critical to support European languages. So Dutch, German, Swedish polish right so English English of course, English, of course. Um, so uh, we could not only different, differentiate which is great for, for for a company but also support customers that have cases that cross geographies think at mm. think about e-commerce stores but also recruiters that need people to come in from Eastern Europe for instance mm. um, or having patients that have trouble understanding things in German but would understand them in Turkish mm. Um so that component uh, is very critical for for what we feel is the success of Scotty. Uh, also versatility in it, Roland said it before language switching, so we can switch in the context of a conversation. Um, and uh, then on the other side, of thing, the intelligent automation that is tying together processes over, you know, systems and time and there is where you touched your question on, I think. Um, we uh, Roland and I have an old policy. It's like we we have seen our fair share of enterprises. Mm-hmm. Now there has been a fair share of choices made by people that tied their career to those. So what uh, what we usually do is uh, say from the beginning on we respect what's there and mm-hmm. we will engineer our way around choices made because we know that, uh, you know, everyone can do a greenfield. No, not that, that's not actually, but most people can do a greenfield much better than, than living in a situation where a lot of choices have been made, where you deal with legacy software, mm. where you deal with uh, other teams having other incentives to introduce other pieces of software. So that layer of the intelligent automation part of Scotty is uh, basically fulfilled in that. And mm. uh, These are functional <laughs> components. I mean, I can do a little bit of buzzword bingo, but we are... Completely cloud native. Hmm. Uh, we can run in any of the three big clouds. At least that's what we uh, what we have tested. Um, we can also run on premise um, if if that is necessary. Uh, and also um, we we can support more uh, like like let's say weirder environments where uh, we also where, yesterday we had a conversation, for instance, about like embedded components. So we would do embedded speakers, think about uh, not apps, but things that go about fall monitoring for elderly people and stuff like that. So more mm. fringy, but what mm-hmm.
0: those cases. Interesting. Yeah, it's interesting that that approach of trying to work around what what has already existed. There's that kind of saying, isn't there? I think it's in the Agile Manifesto, actually, which is that everybody made the right decision at the time, given the skills, resources, and experience they had at the time. Um, But the reality is that decisions that were made 10 years ago still do realistically impact the company's ability to innovate and to create kind of like, you know, forward-facing kind of future facing products rather and so i think that approach of saying okay we understand that um we know that there's going to be things there that we can't move you know the reality is that there's lots of legacy infrastructure lots of legacy systems a lot of really large wealthy incumbent providers in lots of industries you know especially when you talk about healthcare and stuff like that lots of incumbent companies that have got the ear of the decision makers and stuff like that and so being able to Provide value whilst working around that, I think, is is tremendously important because you're right that you know everything's not a greenfield and you can't just kind of like wave a magic wand <laughs> and yeah. make everything make everything ideal.
2: But we have customers that are telling us <laughs> yes, but also we want the system to be available via voice.
1: Mm.
2: Mm.
1: So yeah, <laughs> you can have it all.
0: Nice. So so I'm curious then around. So now we have an understanding of the 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 capabilities and we we alluded to some use cases uh, earlier on. Roland maybe you can kind of shine a light on what are some of the like I was going to say early use cases and how it's developed but actually maybe we'll start with like what what's what's the use case that you're kind of live with now that's mm-hmm. been like one of the projects or or one of the programs that you've been sort of like gotten a lot of satisfaction from maybe not the most kind of like one that's got you most excited, but like, what's some of the, like one of the best things that you've deployed that you can, that you can think of wouldn't you can give an example of that use case.
1: Yeah, of course. Of course. I'm happy to. We have a, uh, we have several, but, uh, the, uh, let's say, uh, three, um, healthcare, uh, currently, uh, in, in development. And that is, uh, a, and a very interesting growth area for us. Um, so, uh, the drivers there are availability of staff, uh, cost of the operation, uh, stakeholder in, uh, to be informed, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, you have these uh, general petitioners' uh, practices that have uh, there's many of those in uh, each and every country. We are now uh, looking at the Netherlands and Germany, for example, uh, both interesting areas in, in, uh, for, uh, for the healthcare industry for us um closing the loop between for example healthcare practitioners pharmacies insurance companies uh patients uh but also typical uh, typical um, um a use case like appointment making an appointment sounds easy is it is not it is a complex uh, it is a complex matter because there's many many mo- ways of making appointments but also it is very time-consuming both, uh, both in a retail company and also in a doctor's practice, uh, waiting lines. People want always wanted to be first. They also they all want the royal treatment. Uh, and again, lack of staff. Uh, priorities need to be set. Not easy. Um, so we are working now with the doctor practice, doctors' practices, or or information systems that connect doctors, doctors' practices, uh, pharmacies, and uh, for example, uh, um, uh, insurance companies. How to basically get coverage uh, with Scotty, Um, getting uh, appointment sets, maybe some Q and A information, maybe some recommendations, but also, get the, um, what do you call it, the repetitive order for, uh, for return recipes, return recipes uh, orders at the pharmacy, but also uh, back office uh, systems updated doing that. Retail companies, same. Um, setting up appointments for people that need, need eyes to be tested, hearing aids to be uh, uh, tested or um, get measurements done. um everybody wants again royal treatments they want the shop around the corner they want it at that time that they want to be available etc cetera, etc. Cetera. On the other hand, the retail, big company, many many uh, shops uh, they want ideally they would like yield management. so they would like to have you uh, for, uh, receive, um, uh, meet you for, uh, for the appointment uh, at a time in the shop uh, that is most preferable to them. Uh, there's there's a fine line between the two. It needs to be an awesome experience, but also needs to be a very very wisely run operation. Uh, we are, uh, Scotty is uh, is doing that for uh, companies like uh, like that. Other great case you uh, may have seen it is uh, in the recruitment and the RPO uh, uh, recruitment outsourcing industry. Uh, big driver there is shortage of talent, right? War on talent is not new. Uh, but also this is uh, last year was the first year that there's less productive people than people that are uh, retired in the western, uh, in the western part of Europe and it's not wow. going away it's not going away wow. uh, so there's more demand more internalization we want more availability of services uh, uh, but we have less productive people uh, making sure to, to, to make that happen. Um, so automation is, uh, playing a couple of roles, um, for the agencies, uh, uh that have, there's that a very traditional industry. Uh, so the, it, they've been doing this for 40 years, the same, in the same way, they have databases, they recruit people, they have, uh, people trying to convince you to come work for them, etc., uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there's huge databases, and if you get some numbers there, uh, out of uh, the 10 uh, people that are in the database, nine are not available. Mm-hmm. Uh, so looking at thousands and thousands and thousands of uh, vacancies, there's a lot of phone calls to be made that, are, that you will make in vain. Mm. Uh, Scotty makes those phone calls now. Fun fact, we did 14,020 minutes.
0: <laughs> wow!
1: <laughs> yeah, so wow. for humans, humans is not just not fun. It's it's very repetitive work, and it's not very rewarding because nine out of ten you get no. Uh, so Scotty takes uh, the nose uh, and provides you with the yeses um, in a very short uh, period of time, right? So Ryan said, with 20 minutes, great. Uh, Scotty can do five hundred thousand in one hour, maybe. <laughs> um, so huge uh, scale. Uh, but also uh, for the recruiters, it is they get people, uh, they get people uh, uh, basically handed over to them uh, that are motivated to work, that are available, and that actually they can fulfill a vacancy with that. Uh, so we built an offering called a job in a day. So by introducing the um, the machine uh, and human in the loop, if you close it well enough, you can have a job in a day. Wow. Uh, basically. Uh, shortening the throughput time, which in average was weeks, when weeks before people uh, were actually approached for the first time and uh, placed in a job, took weeks. Now it can be done in a day. <laughs>
0: uh, wow! And presumably, um, like <clears throat> I've lost my train of thought now. There, but yeah, no, that's 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 interesting. That so 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 essentially, it's it's taking. Yeah, it's it's taken, it's it's short it's shortening shortening the throughput, taking the grunt work away from people that that actually aren't even there in the first place because because you know there's a huge sort of talent shortage. Um, yeah, yeah, that's 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 wicked. That what what kind of like there's there's some immediate value you can see you can see saving people time, allowing organisations to get away with not going through the pain of trying to recruit. This is literally a, a video app posted yesterday I think it might have been around all contact centers are suffering this kind of thing where I think that there was a thing there was a report I forget the company that did it uh, and it was looking at the top three challenges in the contact center number one was inability to recruit number two was overworked and number three was attrition people leaving because they're not really enjoying it and so it sounds it sounds as though these are the these are the sort of like situations that that you've found yourself in scottys found itself in and yep. there's there's obvious there's some, there's some obvious value there which is you know the ability to avoid companies having to recruit the ability to scale without needing to recruit the ability to help people manage workload a bit better you touched on one there which is around you know real value for the end user which is decreasing the time it takes to get a job i'm yep. wondering if there's any other kind of any areas of value that are not uh, like Blatantly obvious that you've also seen things like that decrease in the time to find a job. Like any other kind of areas of value that you've noticed uh, through the deployments.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, the recruiter happiness. Uh, it's, it's not an obvious one, but uh, we find mm. that um, on on a on, on a very large. Well, we've been doing this for a while now, so if you look at our data sets, we see that uh, that about two thirds less churn of recruiters. Uh, so we have, yeah. So we have recruiters that really like to work with Scotty, and also an insanely high. Uh, I have to check, but, uh what was it? Nine point three uh, um, NPS on the candidates that would that were out because we had a lot of doubts about would candidates like to talk about uh, with a machine or with uh, with a robot,
1: mm. and they do. They do. Interesting and the thing why they do is I uh, think uh, because like you said right it's, um, uh, throughput time is a shorter if you, if you, if you look for a job you want it now right mm-hmm. and that is where the synchronicity of the phone call is, uh, is interesting uh, because uh, it is now Scotty will call you now if you're not picking up it will call you later today or the morning after not a problem uh, but it wants to speak to you now uh, mm-hmm. without being uh, getting, uh, getting uh, uh, making an annoying experience of course uh, but if you want to be serviced you want to be helped by an agency uh, uh you would like to make them uh, t- would like them to make an effort to get uh, to get you on the phone um, so that's what's happening now for human that's simply not possible because they had the the, the amounts are just simply um two two the numbers are too high mm. uh other interesting factors also the fact that we free up time for the recruiters, right? Or for the, uh, for the uh, they, they have more time because they have less repetitive, repetitive time. They can actually do what humans are really great at, right? The intuitive stuff, they can, they can show empathy, they can show love for the candidates. Uh, and you see a positive uh, spin-off of that. In certain, some cases, we have 66% uh, higher, um, uh, we call it um, um, loyalty of the, of the people working for the agency. Uh, so they stay much longer, because the connection between the recruiter and the people actually working for the agency is much tighter. Uh, they have more time to make friends, uh, or to bond or to show interest or whatever. Uh, but um, yeah, because the repetition is done by the machine. Mm. And, uh, actually the recruiters are big fan. in the cases that we've done, the recruiters are really big fans of, uh, of the technology because, uh, it makes their work more fun.
0: Yeah.
1: And, uh, they, and what would they like, what in their case, what, what they like doing is of course, servicing your clients, uh, um, well, hit the KPIs, I guess, uh, but also be successful mm. and, uh, hearing nine out of 10 knows is not being successful then, uh, they leave besides engineers uh, recruiters is a very hard uh, uh, hard species uh, to find and to keep uh yeah. talent wise they are not easy to 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 hire no
0: but so you want to keep them Dif- difficult to also i suppose this isn't this isn't specific to recruitment but another factor is that if you're trying to find candidates you're trying to make outbound calls that can be actually quite demoralizing if you have to make 25 calls before you either get through to someone or 25 calls before you reach someone who's genuinely interested. You know. and, and over time, you, 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 you could. I reckon on an average day, by 12 o'clock in the afternoon, you could have lost so much morale Absolutely. because there's it's some calls that are happening. I suppose it's similar to like debt collecting. You know, the debt collections industry where you're making outbound calls, you're speaking to people that don't want to speak to you, they want to get you off the phone, they're having a hard time, probably going to get abused quite a lot. And so it can be quite demoralizing, whereas the value of of AI, and this is another thing actually that Rana mentioned yesterday from Behavioral Signals, is that, Things like so, their use case was like trying to figure out people's speech pattern and match them with an agent of that has a similar speech pattern to increase the success of the conversation, the, the human conversation. But right. one of the things he mentioned, which is a known thing, but I think it's relevant here more than anything else, is that an AI won't take offence. Won't get demoralized verbally and be able to hear that on the other end of the phone, doesn't right. get tired, you know, can make the same call time and time and time again, fail every single time, and still have the, the 179th call with just as much enthusiasm. And so, right. you know, there's, there's, there's also value there in helping people's morale
1: yeah, stay yeah. high. Yeah, Actually,
0: that's,
2: an, uh, that's, you know, you're alluding to the machine aspect of it because it's a machine that will do what it's made to do. It won't, you know, everyone always goes about sentiment, everyone goes about like, of course we can do sentiment analysis, fine. Everyone goes about how the thing has very little emotions. we, We find that a lot of people like machines not having those emotions, or not having these ups and downs, not having these curves because uh, um, it's a small thing, but if you look at, uh, let's say, fairness, inclusion, those kind of things, not really values uh, we as a company ourselves will much benefit from, but we see that, of course, Scotty will follow whatever we told it to say, and then there's, of course, the aspect to it, but in principle, it will not be being demoralized, it will not be sad, it will not be being like, uh, oh, really don't want to do this anymore. Um, so that has implicit benefits as well.
1: Mm. Yeah. Giving back time is a very nice uh, piece of value that yeah. we offer uh, to uh, companies. Yeah. Mm. give back mm. valuable time because uh, the companies that we work with, in, 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 in general, you see 40% of their time uh, being spent on admin, uh, not directly contributing to what they actually thought was a fun job. Yeah, mm. but still needs to be done. Yeah, uh, yeah. So then, uh, so uh, besides that, recruiting Scotty can also do the recommendations. Can also do the. Uh, so how did you like this? So we measure the the happiness and uh, with the insights that we get, we can also of course optimize then uh, based on the uh, real time information that we get. Yeah, mm. um, yeah. So it's um, it Scott is built to cooperate with humans. Uh, so we are very much a uh, a uh, we are very much pro human in the loop, uh, but let's let's do let the machine do what it's great at, and that is all the non-intuitive stuff, uh, and let humans do what they're great at, and that is the intuitive stuff. Mm. Yeah. and that uh, together works 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 for us, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. So so it's uh, the timing. I think is perfect because you know, 2020, 2021 pandemic, people working from home, you know the the inevitable challenges we've discussed around you know call centers having and contact centers having trouble recruiting and, uh, and the pressure that could be put on that job. But there was actually a really interesting article I, I read. Uh, I forget who who published it now. But apologies to those that did if they are listening, which they might not be. <laughs> but it was all about how call centers, contact center jobs are not actually entry level jobs. They used to be kind of entry level jobs and seen as entry level jobs. You know, if you go and work at a, a telco in the call center in college or at uni or whatever, it's a yeah. it's a paid. Uh, No one really wants to be there, but you can go there without any skills and you get trained on the script and all that kind of stuff. But this article was making the point that the, the reality of working in a contact center is you need to use multiple systems. So you need to understand technology and how to use technology. You need to be able to use it quickly and intuitively and go from one system to another, to another, to another. You need to be able to have a, a fairly high degree of emotional intelligence because you're dealing with people that, you know, in the debt collection space don't want to talk to you. Uh, in the retail space are complaining, you know, and, and in the insurance space just want to get something done and get off the phone. So you're also you're often dealing with quite difficult people. Then you're dealing with pressure. Uh, because you need to meet certain KPIs and also then you're working from home so you need to have a degree of autonomy you need to actually be answering calls not sitting on fortnight all day and so all of these kind of like skills are not like entry-level skills that you would just have when you're in college they actually require a degree of experience and a degree of competency and so yeah. the article was all about how you know contact center jobs are not entry-level jobs anymore obviously yeah. AI is going to take on some of that kind of like demand and some of that kind of like repetitive stuff, which means that the importance of the staff is even more prevalent because you're inevitably dealing with the more difficult cases. So okay. the, the timing for me seems to be spot on. And, and obviously you're finding value in having success. I'm curious about what your, your thoughts, both of you, I'll be interested in both of your thoughts on the the future, these challenges that exist now about recruiting, about kind of like attrition about overworked uh, or an overworked workforce. Are those going to stick around? What are your thoughts in terms of like the future of the the, the contact center space and the future of, of customer experience, really? Because the contact center manages the bulk of the contact with most customers these days. So I'm curious about how, how, from where we are now and the challenges that exist now, we can see and you're proving that AI can solve some of those things. Where do you think we're going to be in, let's say, three, five years' time? What's, what's the future going to look like?
1: Yeah. Um well, first of all, I totally agree with uh, the uh, your analysis and the article on uh, on the contact center uh, uh, change in contact center work. We internally we have a, a story uh, how typically the 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 pyramid in a company, right? Uh, so the the top brass on top, and then the contact center is somewhere not on the top, but uh, somewhere in the middle, uh, mm-hmm. uh, lower parts. We find it super conflicting with the promise that marketing makes that we we think that the customer journey is like the most important. We value as a customer, please, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, come, come be a customer with us because we'll give you the royal treatment uh, anytime. Then you try to find the phone number, which is, of course, not... <laughs> And not to be found because uh, they don't want you to call because we we don't want you in those channels because uh, so people start making. So we have an internal uh, story where we say, why do you not turn turn around the pyramid, right? So if you think Mm -hmm. customer experience and customer service is super important, let them be on top because that is where your customer journey is being consumed uh, at the time that I really need you. Uh, then I want to be, th- so those people are super important. The, so do we see a structural change in uh, availability of, uh, of talent? Uh, no, we think, uh, and uh, not just us, but I mean, uh, the, th- there will be less productive people uh, and it will not go away. So there, w- there is a place for machines. There is a difference, difference if we need to um, uh, keep up our productivity and boost our productivity with the same amount of people or less. Uh, the introduction of machines is, nev- is inevitable in our view um, it needs to be intelligent machines that can really add value that can make sure that the for example context center people that you were referring to can actually do the, the more complicated jobs right so not first line but let's, let's say second third line and, 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 and more um, so let the machines do the repetitive stuff the, but they need to do it well they need to do it intelligently. They need to do it contextually. It needs to be relevant, so relevance needs to be super high. Uh, it needs to be about you uh, as a customer. So, and if so, if the machine can help you from A to Z, the machine can do it. But then it should be good enough to to hand over. And we think Scotty is a machine like that. We can hand over to the human, and the human is well informed. Uh, we do not have to do the whole uh, the whole spiel again. No, we know what uh, what has been discussed. It, there's a clean handover. Uh, systems are updated and the transcriptions are there, the, the professional can uh, can take over and service a client uh, uh, accordingly. Uh, anything that is related to customer service, uh, stakeholder management, patient management, candidate management, uh, we believe there will be roles for machine and humans working hand-in-hand. Interesting.
0: Interesting. Brian, what's your what's your thoughts? What, what's your thoughts on the if, if you've got anything to add to to Roland's comments by all means, but I'd also be interested in your thoughts on the on the technology front in terms of mm. you know, we're seeing a lot of developments now in the kind of NLP space. There's a lot of really advanced conversational intelligence solutions out there. There is some incredibly advanced NLU solutions, you know, not just uh, GPT three, but there's a whole bunch of other kind of like transformer based NLUs hitting the yep. market with Zero Shopbot and Hyro and, and uh, you know Vlooper and a bunch of others. What's your thoughts in terms of where the technology is now? It's it's in a, obviously a better place than than when you started at Amelia, the use cases that you're throwing around there with combining text messages, with phone calls that maybe we have a call now, maybe we reschedule a call. But there's a whole bunch of capabilities that are there now that perhaps weren't like eight years ago. Where do you think the technology is heading in the next kind of three to five years?
2: Yeah, well, 2022 was heralded as the year of the uh, NLP technology, I guess. Yeah,
0: well, the thing is, every year since 2009 was the year of mobile. I'm sure you can find an article from 2022 (laughs) this year that says the same thing. You're right. (laughs) But I hope hope what you're saying is true. (laughs)
2: <laughs> no, it is true, it is true, uh, but it's also true that, uh, that this is the year of uh, adoption of these solutions because uh, the, let's say, the, the availability in the contact center, but also in companies that have a lot of stakeholder communication, the people that can do this are just not available or you know, they, they, they don't work in a way you want or they won't work for you. So uh, there's a lot of changes underlying, there's a current down there, but if you look at the technology um, yeah, there is, uh, everything we kind of need is there, right? So we can get these experiences done now. We are getting these experiences done now, but there's a lot of quality of life things coming in. So where it will be easier to build these experiences, right? So we have been gone through a lot of improvements in our short three years where, um, we, uh, on the NLU stack, we we needed, uh, I think, three months to bootstrap our first case. Then our second case was about 10 times bigger than our first case. Then we also needed three months. And now we need an afternoon. So uh, there is uh, there is a sort of a, a hockey stick there, a curve that allows us to be faster, be better, uh, deliver higher quality experiences. And that's also a thing. So you can make all these uh, systems. So uh, you probably also definitely saw the Google I.O. presentation of uh, Google making a really nice restaurant reservation, really back and forth, really natural experience. Of course, they told nobody how much energy really went into that (laughs) to, to get it to that point. So I think it will bring down basic experiences. Right, so making basic experiences will be brought down in terms of complexity. Right, so think about everyone. Uh, everyone not using transformers right now is out of their right mind, by the way. So, like these, um, these, these t- type of technology improvements, they are adding things. But um, what what our personal opinion is, it's about the industrialization of it, right? To make it a uh, to make it a scalable machine. We internally again we we elude. No, we, we like to use the term factory, and uh, that that is, you know, you need to have people of various backgrounds that are able to make these things reliably at a very high quality, and that is uh, where we think, uh, you know, co- uh, conversational interfaces spe- specifically on voice. They are, you know, errors can be really dep- detrimental to the experience, so the whole tooling around quality assurance, the whole tooling around how many people can produce an experience in parallel, basically, right, to accelerate it. Uh, how do you lifecycle these experiments, right? So there's a lot of dead bots on all these smart speakers uh, because mm. simply uh, maintenance of those things are not ve- is not very easy. So that's where I see in the next, let's say, one to three years. T- a lot of efforts on making this easier also if you look for instance at these adjacent technologies like simple ai or your sponsor these are this tooling that that adds on to it and makes it better and easier around and that's also what you see uh, happening in the industry now and then the core technology yes you have you know um i i listened to to forget his name but uh, I'm one of the founders of raza and he was he was talking hey we should uh, do intentless stuff but uh, that comes from a very often you know it's it's research right and and that's great i, I love to play with it to test it but again industrialization of this that is uh, what what i think where most value will be driven and also where most adoption will be driven because uh, our customers don't want the gpt3 philosophizing with them over death they want a shipment to be scheduled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. there's a really nice example of it. They want the sh- shipment to be scheduled. They want uh, they want uh, a credit to be given. Uh, they want the right candidate to be selected. They want the patient to know, uh, you know, what can what they can expect, and they want the family of the patient to find the patient in the right room in the hospital. They don't want a uh, you know they don't want a, a, like a philosophical treatise of. Uh, something. It, it's beautiful. And I can imagine that in the future, this will do things, right? This will do things, but, uh, uh, the process and that's what was our topic uh, topic here and also what's close to our hearts, the process and the business process, uh, that, that are important for, for, uh, people that are actually paying uh, money for this.
0: Mm, interesting. And, uh, yeah. So go on.
2: Yeah. So, uh, well, uh yeah. Um, I'm really excited about all the technological advances, I have to say. But uh, very, very often, uh, you know, business brings it back on the floor. And then, uh, you know, there's a customer with an actual need that is, that can be easily solved today. And then uh, you're dealing with typical things like a, like a life cycle of these things. But yeah.
0: Interesting. Interesting observation. I, I like that. I like that actually, the, the, the concept of industrializing it and essentially making it, that makes me think of words like like permanence. It, feels, it yeah. feels a bit like, you know, the last four years or so has been kind of a lot of foundation setting, a lot mm. of activity, experiments, proof of concepts, you know, some really big enterprise deployments. But I mean, if you've got a list of the top 500 companies in the world, and then you took another 500 sample from like the kind of like upper mid tier and another 500 sample from the middle. I honestly think that the actual number of deployments, successful deployments, and even in fact actually even unsuccessful deployments, I don't think is is that high. It feels to me as though the last four years has been a lot of emerging stuff, a lot of kind of like, as I say, foundation setting. But even you kind of explain about where you think the technology is now gives, I think, and it can give, Enterprises a, a lot of confidence from the fact that this yeah. stuff is now kind of like game ready. It's ready for it. It's it, and and the industrialization of it makes it seem as though it's here to stick around.
2: Yes, you, you can easily solve eighty percent of the contact problems of enterprises nowadays. Uh, it will take experience. It will take uh, you know uh, like good insights, but um, uh, it is not for most of these these enterprises uh, the the their problems are well understood and uh, it's not new. The only thing that is new is that you can, now it's able to bring this at scale.
1: Hmm.
2: And uh, I think a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, we and uh, also probably some of our competitors are probably focusing on this right now and will be in the coming years.
0: Nice. Well, I don't think I could have ended it any better than that. Ryan and Roland, thank you so much for joining me. It's been an absolute Pleasure, absolute pleasure. It's been really, really, really interesting. Uh, the website is scottytechnologies.com People can go and check that out if they want to learn a little bit more uh, and get in touch. Any other any other areas that you would point them to? Any other resources? Any other things that you would say for people to go and check out? Any other ways to, to get in touch? Things like that.
1: Well, I think this is the way to go. Yeah. and uh, You can always contact yourself. No, or me, LinkedIn, no worries. Uh, I'm more than happy to talk to anyone that is interested in uh, talking about Scotty. Same here. Thanks for having us, uh, uh, Kane. And uh, good luck with the uh, show and the company and all everything you're doing. And look forward to next time.
0: Likewise. Thank you both. Enjoy the evening. Thank you. Bye -bye. Bye -bye. Bye Bye bye. Bye.